brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts, offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. The Clock by Arthur Styron. All my life I have had a deep and abiding dread of monotony. The unvarying and wearisome sameness of life irks me and fills me with depression. I fear and hate all men because I am compelled to shun them in order to avoid that hideous mother of monotony, habit, which tears my nerves to shreds and flings them mockingly in my twitching face. Regularity of any sort fills me with resentment and impotent rage against the scheme of things. The steady patter of raindrops drives me hysterical and gibbering to bury my face among the pillows, under a mattress, any place where the steady drip-drop-drip-drop is not audible. The sound of drum beats fills me with such uncontrolled rage and fury that I shriek aloud in my distress and hurl stones or any missile available at the miscreant who dared to provoke me. I cannot, I dare not, I will not endure drab uniformity. My imaginative and excitable temperament demands variety. Since I am thus constituted, is it any wonder that clocks fill me with hatred and terror? those prosaic engineers of space, with their dreadful, unfailing cadence, their ceaseless vigil over man's allotted time, their steady and untiring tick-tack, tick-tack toward eternity. They terrify me, poison me, madden me, those hideous reminders of inexorable time, time, the faithful ally of unrelenting and unyielding death. I lived alone with an old woman who had taken me when I was a child from a foundling's home. Her I loved in a way, for she was kind and very old and feeble. Yet she always insisted upon regularity, eating, sleeping, and working at set times. And when I undertook to vary my life from day to day, such as retiring at noon, 
and rising for breakfast at midnight. In order that I might thus break the monotony of my existence, I met with such determined opposition from the old woman that her, too, I began to fear and hate. The house in which we lived was an old, rambling country place of splendid and pretentious proportions, though with an air of pervading gloom and loneliness. The furnishings were mostly heirlooms and antiques of great beauty and value, of which the old woman was very proud. Among the chattels were two ancient and costly clocks of rare and unusual design and workmanship. They stood side by side in the great hall, tall, grim, and spectral, regulating the household by their minute divisions of space. At least one of them did so. The other had not run for many, many years. The old woman had frequently related to me how that one had stopped at a quarter past midnight, the very minute, I the very second, her husband had died stopped of its own accord so she said or by the hand of some unseen guest with her own hands she cared for and cleaned and polished the two clocks every night with unvarying regularity she wound the living clock which she told me with the utmost confidence would stop at the moment of her death just as the other one had stopped when her husband died is it any wonder, then, that I feared these damnable machines almost as much as I hated them? I might have borne the awe and dread with which I regarded them, but the continual ticking of a living clock, the old woman's life-piece, as I called it, lashed my nerves to such a state of frenzy that, goaded beyond endurance, I would rush, trembling and screaming from the house, into the night, the cold, the storm, anywhere, anywhere, away from that gruesome monotony, that eternal cadence. There was a chime, too, a chime that gave out a thick, gloomy, resonant sound, filling me with foreboding and terror, a sound that brought to mind grim death and a grimmer reckoning, that told of unsubdued passions and stern retribution. Each quarter the time increased until, upon the hour, it became a complete stanza. So gruesome was the effect of this music upon my imagination that I could not rid my thoughts of it. I could not sleep. I could not rest. Always I was anticipating, waiting for the next installment. Sometimes, in the small of the night, I would creep from my sleepless bed and crouch in the dark, chilly hall in order that I might hear the ticking and chiming more plainly, waiting for the dreadful music to start again, and then for the next sound, and the next, and so on until morning. At times I would make a determined effort to throw off the spell. I would say to myself, After the next quarter chimes I shall hurry to bed and fall asleep before it sounds again. Then, as soon as the quarter's direful melody had ceased, I would hasten to my room, shivering with cold and nervousness, and lie with tightly closed eyes, courting sleep. But big, pointed hands would clutch at my heart. Brassy voices would laugh musically and mockingly in my ears, until, unable to endure it longer, 
I would rush back to the dark, cold hall, where I would count the steady tick-tocks and listen for the unvarying chime the rest of the night long. As time wore on, I realized that my condition was becoming grave. Thoughts of destroying the clock occupied me constantly, but I could not do it because I feared the frightful thing with all my soul. On one occasion I did approach the old woman with cunningly and clever arguments as to why she herself should stop the clock, but she indignantly refused. After that, so it seemed to me, I began to detect her stealing furtive and suspicious glances at me. She suspected my trouble. She knew. Dear God, I verily believe she knew my suffering and agony, and yet she would not stop that fiendish clock. So I began to burn with remorseless hatred for the old woman, a desire for revenge. Then it was that I cunningly devised a scheme to appease my hatred of the old woman and rid myself of the monster at the same time. The old woman had said that the clock would stop of its own accord when she died. Very well. In this way she should accomplish what she had refused to do, and what I myself feared to do. Yes, I resolved to kill the old woman. I felt sorry for her, because she had been kind to me, and she was very old and feeble. But she stood between me and my happiness, and she must die. That very night I would perpetrate the deed, and rid myself forever of this lesion upon my soul. After dark I began to make my arrangements. They were very simple. The house stood in a lonely neighborhood. No one would hear. The old woman was very aged and infirmed, and could make no resistance. She retired early, as was her wont, and I went to my room to listen and wait. I planned to wait until the midnight hour had struck, and then accomplish the deed before the clock should begin another day with its quarter's melody. Hardly breathing, I crouched in my room until the midnight hour had struck, waited until the last note of the awful dirge had faded into the dreadful stillness of night. Then, carrying in my hands a small hatchet, I made my way stealthily toward the old woman's room. I moved very slowly and cautiously, inch by inch, creeping on my hands and knees, so as to make no sound. On my way I paused before the tall, grim clock to gloat. "'Monster!' I gibbered in a high, thin voice, for I did not wish the old woman to hear and become alarmed. "'Fiend! Damned soul!' Never again will you raise your hellish voice. Never again shall I tremble and shake with terror at your taunting melody. Never again, for soon you will be forever stilled. In my excitement I had unconsciously allowed my voice to rise to a shrill, piercing treble. Rage possessed me. I rose to my feet and shook my fist at its evil shape. I screamed maledictions and curses at it and laughed with fiendish joy and triumph. "'Agent of hell!' I shrieked, brandishing my hatchet and dancing in a frenzy of hate. "'You have spoken your last! 
You shall never, never use your brassy lungs again. The words were scarcely out of my mouth when, on the clear, dreadful stillness of the night, there broke a sound. Hoarse, bold, mocking. A sound that froze my blood, that made my hair rise with terror, that filled me with surging fury. I had miscalculated my time because I had not gone by the clock. The demon was beginning to strike the quarter, to mock me. Beginning, but no more. For with the first note such a wave of rage and loathing swept over me, hatred of the monster, and the fury at having been thwarted in my plans, that I forgot my fear, forgot everything save that I was mad. I uttered an awful cry and leapt upon it. With superhuman strength I dashed it to the floor, where it fell with a terrific crash. Shrieking invectives, I tore into its vitals with my bare hands, destroying, mangling. Devil, I raved, you shall not speak. You shall not. You shall not. In a few minutes it was a complete wreck. It lay on the floor, bruised, broken, seeming, in my excited imagination, like a murdered thing. Laughing loudly and shrilly and clutching in my wounded, blood-stained hands the remnants of the mutilated machine, I rushed to the old woman's room. She lay quietly on the bed, gazing at me with horror-dilated eyes. See, I screamed, throwing the bloody remnants upon the floor. See, old woman, there is your clock. Now it will hardly stop when you die. Ha, ha. Then a strange feeling of awe crept over me. I ceased raving and looked intently at the old woman. In the pale light of a flickering candle, I could see that she still gazed at me with horror-dilated eyes. But now I saw that they were sightless. The old woman was dead. She had died when the clock stopped. The End of The Clock by Arthur Styron As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.